Let's go on yeah, a trip. Let's go on a trip. Yeah, baby. It's not too bad. What was the question again? <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. And welcome to Suddenly Senior. This is a podcast series for those of us who've reached a certain age in life. That's right. You can join if you're not our age, but it'll be a lot more fun if you are. <laughs> so strap yourselves in, check your blood pressure, light your spliff, pour yourself a small bevy, and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Miriam Margulies has graced our screens for many years. She's gone from sexy voiceover girl to serious thespian to self-described fat Jewish lesbian in a TV comedy show to a film role in Harry Potter and the voice of a border collie in Babe. And now she's a regular maker of documentaries. Her latest is a three-part exploration of the often-touted Australian value of the fair go. It's called Australia Unmasked. Miriam, hello and welcome to Suddenly Senior. Well, thank you for encapsulating my life. I'm very impressed. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that's not the first time that's happened. Somebody's tried to label you, Miriam. Well, uh, I I suppose they do try to label me, but I thought that was done skillfully, economically and accurately. Excellent. Thrilled to hear it. So, Miriam, why do you keep making TV? You're, you're 80, I understand, which is a excellent age to have attained. 81. I'm 81. <laughs> so is it a creative imperative to you or is it about wanting to make older women more visible on the screen or is it because you need the money? <laughs> oh, I think it's definitely the last. Um, I, I will go on doing it as long as somebody asks me. It's a wonderful thing. Here I am, an old lady, disabled, uh, still um, able to talk and meet people and drive, and I'm going around the most wonderful country talking to fascinating people about things that matter. I think it's a great life. I guess when when you put it like that, Miriam, it's really everybody's dream, really, at, at, at your age, um, to actually be needed and having something to do. Yes. I think we don't use our old people enough because they're sort of shoved to one side. You think everybody's got Alzheimer's. Darling, the people who've got Alzheimer's are, are the people in Canberra and in the Houses of Parliament. <laughs> they're the ones with Alzheimer's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very true. And so, Miriam, um, apparently this is an exploration into that Australian notion of a fair go. Why did you want to make this series and and what did you learn about the fair go? Is it a real thing? I think Australians believe it's a real thing. And I wanted to make the series because I was offered it. I was given the chance to do it. And I thought this is a subject that is interesting because it's how Australians see themselves. Mm. And that really does interest me. The Fair Go is, is actually mentioned in the citizenship document that you receive when you become a citizen, which I did 10 years ago now. And it, it is something that Australians believe exists and hold very dear. It's part of their image of themselves. Mm. So it's worth discovering. Is it really there? Well, that's right. There, there's a lot of disadvantage in this society, so perhaps not. But, um, Miriam, do people open up to you more because you are an older woman? That I don't know. I don't think it's the age that does it. I think it's because I've got a smiley face. And when they look at me, 
they can see that I'm not going to hurt them. I'm not going to be nasty. And I'm, I'm interested. I'm absolutely fascinated by people and what they're telling me. And so when they see that in my face, they want to communicate. And that's something I've had ever since I was a little girl. Hmm. And that communication is something you do so easily too, Miriam. Would it, you say your acting background helps you with that, or is it just you're naturally curious? I don't think acting's got anything to do with it, but I think it's to do with my personality, and I am intensely curious. I mean, so are you, because you're talking to me and you want, you want me to open up to you, and that's the joy of it. I don't understand where, why, why people don't want to ask all the questions. You know, when you're sitting in a doctor's waiting room, don't you want to ask, what's the matter with you? Why are you here? <laughs> um, I, I don't understand why people sit in a, in a place with other people and don't talk to them. <laughs> I'm just aflame with curiosity. Miriam, um, one of the great things about this series and your other recent series that I've seen on the telly um, is that we get to see you, the real Miriam, an older woman getting about and all that that involves, the, the motorised chair, the walking sticks, the occasional groan or moan about something. Is that important for you to be that open with the camera or you just don't see uh, any other option? I don't hide who I am or what I am. If I'm asking people to open up to me, I've got to open up to them. That's the fair do, the fair go, if you like. Um, I have to be honest and open. I don't like the fact that I'm old and creaky and fat, but that's the truth. And if you can't deal with the truth, then go home. <laughs> Absolutely. Miriam, we ask everybody on this show, when did you realise you were suddenly senior? Now, it's been, I would guess, a few years for you, but was there that time where you actually suddenly realised, hey, I'm getting on a bit and I really should think about what I'm doing? Probably when I was doing one of the programmes, I think. I just thought, oh, it's difficult to get out of a chair. I better, you know, give myself a bit more time to get up. It, it's about the physical things. I haven't noticed particularly a mental deterioration. I can still remember lines. Um, I do forget names. That's one thing. I, I can't remember what someone's name is. It's a physical thing. And I don't like it. It's a bloody pain in the ass. But, you know, you, you just have to cope with it. Mm. <laughs> yes. It's better, better than being dead. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so you've always, I get the feeling that you've always been quite cheeky and quite bold and quite brave. And so does age allow you to be bolder and cheekier and braver? Yes, I think age does allow you to be bolder and braver and cheekier. I have always been like that. But somehow when you're older, people do allow you that, that bit extra. Um, and if you swear, I think they wish you didn't, but they they can cope with it more if it's from an older person. But I, I don't want to uh, deny being old. I just think that we have to explore all the possibilities in ourselves that we haven't so far. So I tend to take things a bit further. And that's why, for example, I went in that burnout car, which was absolutely terrifying. But I thought, well, I'll never, I'll never get the opportunity again. And I did it, and I'm glad I did it because it was exciting. 
And the other thing, let me just tell you this, always a spare pair of knickers with you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the skid plane, wasn't it, Miriam? I think it was before that. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, you've also said that you've become crankier as you've grown older. Is that something you try to curtail or are you happy to be cranky? I, I have become crankier. I'm, I'm less prepared to suffer fools gladly. Mm. Uh, it, 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 things irritate me more, but I am trying not to be. It's not nice to see a cross old lady. <laughs> so I do try you know, to hold it in a bit. But sometimes, particularly with, with political matters, <laughs> I just get, I lose my temper. I can't bear it. And, and I don't like it when people push in front of you. That's one thing I will not have. If somebody tries to, to get past me in a queue, I will hit out at them with my stick and with my voice. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just run over them in your wheeler. I mean, let's face it, I've seen you on that. You're quite a forward woman. <laughs> it is scary, that, that uh, mobility scooter. I've just been given one, actually, oh. and I'm, I've got to be careful because there's, there's only two speeds, uh, tortoise and hare. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting... Stick to the tortoise one for a bit. Now, now, Miriam, uh, you have actually lived a bit of a dream in this television series, uh, which I know a lot of people, uh, when they get to a certain age, want to be, and that is a grey nomad. You've lived the life in that van, it seems, during the series. What was it like? Well, I mean, to be truthful, I didn't live in the van. They put me in hotels during <laughs> during the night because... You know, I'm, I'm such a funny shape with such short legs. I couldn't climb up to the bed. I was not in smart hotels or luxury ones. It wasn't five-star at all. It was just where the rest of the crew were. And that was nice because I liked being with the crew. Yeah. We work for the ABC as well. We know what it's like. You're never going to get a very fi good five-star hotel. No, and, and nor should we because it's, it's public money and, and uh, I don't need that. As long as I've got a flush toilet. That's the important thing. And that's what I insisted that there was in the car. And mind you, all the crew used it as well. But they didn't find it quite so difficult to get into because they're very narrow. I wouldn't go in that sort of car again. I could barely get into it. The, the toilet, I mean. Yes. And all the crew appreciated it as well. That's very funny. And so can you talk a bit about uh, your memoir came out last year and you said at the time that writing a memoir is a bit like writing an obituary for yourself. Do you think about death at all? Oh, yes, I do think about death. I think it would be mad not to because when you're 81, you know it's not long. You don't know when and you hope that you're not going to die of some ghastly illness or have a stroke. That's the thing I'm most afraid of is having a stroke. I want to die uh, with grace. With, with decency and not dribbling and leaking from every orifice. That would upset me, <laughs> as it would anybody. But I don't believe in an afterlife. I think it's either now or never. I don't know what happens when you die. I remember my therapist said, I think we might be going to a party with all the people that you really wanted to see and had missed for so long 
and they'd all be up there with a gin and tonic in their hands and, you know, there'd be crisps and things. Well, it would be nice if that's what happened, but I actually don't think there's anything. I think you cease upon the midnight and I hope that it's with no pain, as the poet said. Yeah, uh, beautifully put though, Miriam. Uh, you know, I, I really like the idea that at least during my lifetime, I've seen uh, a government change in Australia and things went well. Are you feeling the same over there in England at the moment? Are you going to be stepping into Boris's shoes? Are you going to be, you know, <laughs> looking after things over there? Or how do you think it's going? Well, I'm very pleased that we've seen the last of this adulterous, corrupt, incompetent prime minister. However, because he's that sort of person, he, he hasn't gone. He's staying on till September. And I think that's a damn cheek, frankly. He's like Trump. He, he doesn't want to give up the power. Mm. But I must say that when the Labour Party won in Australia, the whole country heaved a sigh of relief and smiled. And it was a joyous. <laughs> and I'm just hoping that I live long enough to see a Labour government again in the UK. Miriam, um, I know that you and your partner, Heather, have been together for decades, I think something like 55 years, but you've never lived together. Have you been tempted to? And do you think that could change in the future when perhaps one of you could no longer live independently? Yes, I do. I, we've discussed this a lot, Heather and I, because she's 79, I'm 81, and she's actually fitter than me because she's not fat. And she hasn't got a spinal stenosis, which is what's stopping me moving properly. I think we would like to live together. And I think we will actually live together in Italy. We bought a house in Italy Ooh. together in 1973. It's an old farmhouse in Tuscany. And I think that's where we'd like to live. Where I, I have my house with her in the Southern Highlands in Robertson, it's just too far away if we needed medical help. Mm. Otherwise, we would like to because it's a beautiful house and it's, it's wheelchair-friendly because we built it to be wheelchair-friendly. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm not yet in a wheelchair, and maybe I will be, and if so, then we have to make some alterations. But the reason we've stayed together so long is because we live apart. I think. Ah. And ah. it may be that we have a few ructions when we actually live together. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to find out. But I, I haven't stopped loving her and she hasn't stopped loving me. And I hope that we will stay together till we die. We haven't made a suicide pact or anything like that. But it's something that I do fear is that she would die first. I hope I die first. But if I'm left, I will go into an old people's home and cause havoc. That's my age. <laughs> I bet you will. And it'll probably be on TikTok as well, I'd say, Miriam. <laughs> yes, I don't know how it happens because I don't put myself on TikTok. Somebody else is putting me on there. Somebody sent me one of the clips that they put on. And I'm a really a foul-mouthed old bitch. I can see that. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Um, I, just back to the to the relationship with Heather, you haven't been tempted or are you interested in getting married at this stage of your life? We have a civil partnership. Neither of us are religious, so we don't have any 
any reason to to want to get get married actually and the only reason that we had a civil partnership was because if one of you gets ill and you're not civilly partnered the doctors won't tell you anything about a yeah. loved one and we didn't want that we want to be able to help each other if we're ill so we decided to uh, do it Miriam, I just want to say it's such a pleasure. The show is called uh, Australia Unmasked. It's a fantastic program. I've seen two of them. I can't wait for the third. And uh, Miriam, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And whenever you'd like to talk to us again, (laughs) we'd be absolutely flattered to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All the best. Bye-bye now. And what a pleasure it was having a chat with her. She's fascinating. She's a great chick. Yeah. I've watched all her shows. They're brilliant. I love that. The last one was, you know, In Search of the Real Australia or something, and it was an absolute eye-opener. She's got that great mind, hasn't she, and also a great sense of humour and the biggest potty mouth I think I've come across in this program. I love that. She's just a classic. What a great woman. You can watch Miriam's new series, Australia Unmasked, wherever you are in the world, whenever you like, via the internet on ABC iView. Yes, and it's a, it's a fine show, Ange. It really is. And uh, look, if you've enjoyed the show and continue to enjoy this program, don't forget we have a Facebook group. You can find us online. Uh, please feel free with any suggestions you may have about the program. Until next week. Until next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. Leave a comment, as long as it's nice. <laughs> if it's not, That's right. fuck off. <laughs> yes. See you next time, Edge. Bye. And I want wine with my meds. <laughs> 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 <laughs>